Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Zombies Ate My Neighbors for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System and the Sega Genesis. We're also going back to the year 1993. At the time of recording, it is October the 22nd, 2021. I am Ash the Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. Hey there. Are the are the tubes filling up with water yet? Uh, yeah, f- apparently. Um, oh, it's like a water slide. Yeah, exactly. So um, they're, they're extra slippery. <laughs> um, yeah, we got some rain uh, in, yeah, in this week's finally. weather report. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Uh, and then I think we're about to get way too much of it come Sunday evening. So like I've already gotten notices. It's like, hey, since we've been in a drought, watch out for downed trees and like several inches of rain. Yeah. Like, hooray. Thanks. Thanks, drought conditions. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, the, uh, the the ground isn't, you know, used to it. So it just sort of turns into that water slide you were talking yep. about. Um, it's too, it's too tough to absorb the water quickly enough so anyway yeah Yeah, aside aside from the weather how how you doing what's going on uh you know hanging in there uh not playing a a few more games i've i've kind of made some more time to play games so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later but uh yeah and we're actually um um you know got the day off today so it's yeah I know we're we're doing this on a Friday morning, yeah, which is abnormal, but it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's it it is nice. I'm I'm a little bit more awake, I think. And yeah, we're both we're both bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> I got my coffee in front of me. Yes, instead of instead of my kombucha. So <laughs> maybe I'll just get more amped as we keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been kind of on a breakfast kick. The past couple of days, mostly because I can't sleep in the morning. So, uh, past couple of days I've been waking up at five 30, just randomly and can't go back Dang. to sleep. So I just get up and go, go out and eat something or go get a coffee somewhere. And <laughs> nice. It's good in, to get out. Yeah. Enjoying the mornings. Uh, how about you? How have you been doing? Doing all right. Uh, keeping busy for the most part. I've been, I don't know if I played quite as many games this week as I did last episode but i played the heck out of one of them like a whole heck of a lot and i'll be looking forward to talking about that later and it is thematic with <laughs> um with the 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 game that we're playing for this show yeah um you got anything else before we jump over to the news uh no but maybe maybe just a reminder um you talked about the game we're going to be talking about this week which is zombies ate my neighbors uh yes for the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Um, Heck yeah. So, so uh, stay tuned for that. If you don't know what that game is, you're kind of in for a treat. Oh my God, it's so cool. It's such yeah. a fun game. Yeah. It is hard, but it's a very, <laughs> very cool, very fun game. So spoiler alerts uh, for the segment after the news. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it broke me, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, and you don't need to feel bad about that because I think it broke everybody who has yeah. played it, so... Okay. <laughs> um, myself included. So, all right. Well, news time? News time. Okay. So, you know that analog pocket? Uh, the analog OS is actually bringing save states and screenshots and more to the analog pocket. And uh, I know that we've talked about this 
particular handheld device um, on the show before, but uh, it's not coming out till December. And I think, it, I think it was supposed to be coming out earlier this year. Um, mm-hmm. But as everything in 2020 and 2021, things have been getting pushed back. Reading the article here, like, I think this is the first cartridge-based FPGA console that supports save states. Oh. Well, that's that, that's awesome. That's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty sweet that you can, like, throw in your Game Boy game and actually create save states and from what i've read in this article too you can also share your save states with friends oh well that's that's cool yeah there's also like playlists um so screenshots are very self-explanatory but playlists are new it says when you create a playlist it'll generate a file on your sd card and you can share this file with other users simply pull it off your sd card and drop it in another pocket user's sd card uh, and then instantly have access to your playlist but what the heck is the playlist they still didn't say what it is. Oh. I'm assuming it's not music. Maybe it's just like your list of games. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that we're getting news about this. Maybe they're, you know, talking they might if if I remember right, I, I believe it was supposed to come out in October of 2019. So that's a, a full year delay. Well, I, I at least I know you could at least like pre-order stuff a long time ago. I don't uh-huh. remember. Or maybe it, it was November yeah, it, 2020. Yeah, right? it doesn't say anything about the original release date in this article, but I'm like I know that we've talked about it a few times in the show and we've been doing the show for over a year. So yeah. I guess yeah, that's I'm, a good indicator as well. I meant to say November 2020, not <laughs> 2019. That was like two years ago. That's too long. <laughs> so but let's see. Um it also is saying like their library feature is going to help you determine um, like w- more information about your physical cart. So they're giving Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening as an example that there are 18 different versions because of regions and revisions. Uh-huh. So popping it into the analog pocket, like if you have this game or any game, it'll tell you the specific, like all of the specifics, I guess, and oh. which revision and which everything. So it looks like Looks like they're really like adding lots of cool little things to this hands this handheld console. So I mean, I guess it's it's giving more reasons for people that maybe like already have like modded consoles to be like, hey, well, though you have your modded console, here's some of the benefits of doing this with an FPGA. Um, and you get some of the the like almost emulator like features, like software emulators, but it's not a software emulator. And it, it, you know, if you have an EverDrive, it might support save states out of the box too. So now you've got two ways to do save states if you're oh if yeah, you're using that's, one of those. that's right. I forgot about that. So unless for some reason I'm thinking that maybe when it loads the ROM, it might just like load the whole game into memory at that point, and it's not playing off the cartridge. So it probably does. It probably dumps the ROM. Yeah. So that Shine. might actually put a wrench in that compatibility. But but anyway, I mean, this is really cool. I. I abs- if I had the option, they're like, hey, um, do you want one? Give us the money now. And I would absolutely take it because I, I want one of these so bad, but you you just can't buy them. So if you didn't pre-order them. Yeah, they they did they did mention in this article here from Polygon that they are going to be opening up pre-orders again. Or maybe I don't know if it's pre-orders. They're, they will be opening up orders once they get more inventory sometime after they ship out all of the pre-orders. 
So I think it'll be very much like their other consoles, though I did just check this morning. The Super NT is still out of stock, but the like SG, like the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive models, uh, those are currently available on Analog's website. And like I'm tempted, but at the same time, I'm like, no, nah, it's not going to give me any other... <laughs> Any other functionality that I don't already have um, for my Genesis and my upscaler and all that. So anyway, they're pretty dang neat though. And if you don't, if you don't want to spend a bunch of money on, you know, your original hardware and upscalers and finding ways to play stuff with HDMI out, these are fantastic consoles uh, to replace the original Super Nintendo and uh, Sega Genesis and or Mega Drive. Yeah. Um albeit, you know, they come at a price, so they come at a premium. Yeah, so. yeah they're, they're, but, you know, in the end, it probably costs this, uh, maybe even a little bit less. Oh. Uh, well, I guess if you're just going to do one console, then if you were trying to get a full, like, RGB upscaled HDMI out setup for all of your original consoles. Yeah, totally. Which, that also gets very pricey. Yes, it can. <laughs> <laughs> it can get very pricey. But anyway... That's that's all I'm seeing about it. Anything else you want to say about the analog pocket? Uh, make more analog, please. Yes, wanna, please. Well, release them and then make more so that I can buy some. Buy one. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah that'd be nice. So uh, Nintendo had some announcements during their Animal Crossing sort of focus direct. And I didn't really pay attention to all the really changes that are coming to Animal Crossing um, though I hear they are vast and many. So many changes, even in the free update, because there's the free update and there's a paid update. Yeah. And I think this this will probably end up pulling me back into Animal Crossing for a while. Yeah, probably, especially because I hear some of them are focused on quality of life stuff, which was um, kind of dragging my game down personally. So it made it harder for me to play. So yeah, it definitely dragged me back in. But Part of the announcement, which I thought this was odd timing, is that they decided to announce the pricing for their Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. And it's a little bit more expensive than I think everyone was expecting. They're like, oh, I would pay 20 more dollars for this. I would pay, or I would pay 10 more dollars for this. People were naming prices. Well, it became 30 <laughs> on top of the existing $20 a year. Oh, so that's actually not as bad as I thought that it was. I thought that the expansion pack itself was, was 50. $50. Yeah. Yeah. My, but, my understanding, which I could be wrong, but I believe it was an, an extra 30 on top no, of the 20, I, I, th so. I think you're right. I think it's a total of $50 a year if you yeah. get Nintendo Switch Online with the expansion pack. Yeah. Um, whereas I thought Nintendo Switch Online was still going to be 20 bucks and the expansion pack was going to be 50. And I was like, dang, 70 bucks. I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's a little much, right? It's still for me, like I'm almost like, I'm almost on the fence more about, I'd probably sooner cancel my Nintendo Switch Online than, than turn around and upgrade this. Now I'm not going to say that I will never buy this, but I'm not in a hurry to, because you know, I just spent a good amount of money getting my N64 all decked out and upgraded and I can play way more games on that. So yeah, uh, I'm going to stick with that for now. And then when it comes to a time when maybe you or somebody else wants to play N64 online or something, you know, I'll, I'll upgrade. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't, the only thing that would maybe make me do this straight away is if I decided I don't want to pay for the Animal Crossing update and then pay for the expansion. Yeah. Like maybe I'll just do this to get the Animal Crossing um, expansion and then just have the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I know this doesn't really cover any of the stuff in the Animal Crossing Direct, but basically like the paid DLC, it's it's like it's adding Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer for the 3DS as like DLC to uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons on Switch. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like I never played that. And I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'd be more likely to the fact that it's not in a completely separate standalone game. The fact that like it still would all be interacting with what I have in my current Animal Crossing experience with being able to like bring some of my villagers over. But I also like, I like the idea that you get to do this for different villagers and get to experience different villagers on this like vacation resort island that you're like putting together for them. I don't know. It just, it looks like more relaxing Animal Crossing time. And I'm, I am not opposed to that. Yeah. No, it's not, it's definitely not a bad thing. Um, I mean, maybe once I see, once I really analyze the features of the new DLC for Animal Crossing, be like, okay, I want to play that. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, they, and it's funny, I'm going to say this, I'm not going to be able to back it up with one single example because I cannot remember. <laughs> yeah. But there are a lot of free updates that are coming to Animal Crossing. Um, I think, I can't remember if it's the 25th of October, like all of this stuff is happening. Um, or if it's coming a little bit after that, it probably is October 25th, but they are adding a lot of stuff to the base game for free. And they're basically upgrading it to Animal Crossing 2.0, like, you know, their actual version numbers two. And I think they said this is the last free major update for Animal Crossing on the Switch. Yeah. So I, and I think that's fair, you know, paid, you know, they've supported the game. They've, you know, added stuff to it. I think, you know, everyone knows it sold well enough. So they, they could afford to do that. Um, but at some yeah. point they're like, okay, this game is substantially more than it was when it released. So <laughs> time to pay up. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, also one last thing on this particular news article, the, so Nintendo did also open the pre-orders for the wireless N64 and Genesis controllers, uh, mm -hmm. 50 bucks a pop us, but I was not able to get the N64 one because since I've, since I've not been browsing Reddit compulsively, like I used to, and really haven't in the past few months, I missed this. And yeah. I'm also not on Twitter, like watching Wario 64 or anything. So I missed the announcement that these went live. Um, I was able to snag one for the Sega Genesis, um, okay. the official Nintendo Switch Sega Genesis controller. <laughs> um, so a weird sentence you probably thought you'd never say. Yeah, exactly. That that's <laughs> why I had to do it. So I I did I did order that. Um, that's going to be shipping, I think, um, October twenty fifth. So coming up in three days, I guess. Um, and then also uh, the so the N sixty four controller was out of stock really fast. I'm pretty sure, you know, they'll they'll be restocking it at some point. And I'm looking forward to getting one. But I think it's a limit of four per Nintendo Switch Online account. So they will let you order four to oh. fully deck out local multiplayer N64 
on your Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I think that's pretty rad. Yeah, I think but, so too. But yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll likely only get one because I don't imagine there's going to be many times that I'm going to be playing local N64 multiplayer on my Switch uh-huh. when I already, just like you, have a N64 that can like play everything and connect to an HDTV um, because of upscaling and have multiple like new controllers even. How how you liking that 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 Brawler sixty four ultimate like whatever I can't remember the full name of it but it yeah. looks really slick. It's the Brawler um, sixty four by Retro Fighters. It's a uh, yeah. It's, so basically, if well, yeah, you but guys, you got the you got the black ultimate one though, right? Yeah, it's 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 really just a color scheme and it has the interchangeable gate, so you can do the octagonal gate versus the circular gate if that's your preference. Um, so that it's cool, it's cool. I've used it a little bit, and which we'll talk about like later in the show too. But I also ordered another one that is supposed to basically work specifically with the Switch PC and Mac. And the reason I did that is I did that in lieu of ordering Nintendo's um, offering so that I could still play, you know, N64 games in a good way, whether I'm emulating or... or With with a more ergonomic controller than the N64 one? Yeah, I'm just, you know, (laughs) it's it's not necessarily... The controller's not all bad. I just, the joystick is what I hate. It was the first shot really at the joystick on a, you know, on a widely available home console and that was uh it, it's it <laughs> i don't think they got it perfect the first time so yeah uh, no that's 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 definitely a, a fair assessment it's just yeah it's the throw distance and the plasticky feel for it it just doesn't yeah doesn't do it for me so um so yeah i'm not definitely at, i i definitely have the option to uh to play these games if i if i want so <laughs> you know, on, on the Nintendo switch, but I, I'm, I'm really excited. I will report uh, back when I've gotten time to play like an emulator with that controller yeah. and see how it works. But yeah, I'm just kind of bummed that I can't just buy the, like an adapter that would let me use the retro fighter controllers that I've purchased already. Cause now I've purchased five total <laughs> because I want four for the N64. Uh, and then I'm one. sorry for what I've done to you. Yeah, it's okay. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's quite all right. There was a, you know, I, I played multiplayer recently and we had three controllers and I'm like, this is a bummer. <laughs> I need to yeah. go get another one. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's okay. You know, in, in a lot of ways it saved me, you know, the, the monthly fee of Nintendo switch online expansion pack. So just just had that lar- the larger upfront costs to get yeah, everything going but then totally. you just now you just have it now you'll be set being able to play uh N64 on modern stuff all the way into like being an old man or something all right well the next uh next item on the news here Quake Remaster now supports mouse and keyboard controls on console even switch so that's pretty cool I don't yeah. know. I don't know how many people are going to use it, but I think that's really awesome that they uh, have basically opened the ability to use mouse and keyboard on every version of the Quake Remaster, which actually looks pretty cool. And there's also a picture uh, in this article from IGN of somebody who's set up a mouse and keyboard and monitor and has everything like plugged into their docked switch, and uh, they're playing at a desk, which looks awesome. So 
I'm trying to figure out. So apparently the Nintendo Switch is sort of always, or not, maybe not always, but has supported mice and keyboard for a while. Mice and keyboards. Yeah, it's just not necessarily going to be there in every game unless the game supports it. Totally. Um, but then also looking this at the setup, they've got this sort of gaming monitor hooked up with this Nintendo Switch and a mouse and keyboard plugged into it in this like... It's it just like the Nintendo Switch looks like a Steam Deck all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. That's a good point. Yeah, a dockable I, Steam Deck. Which <laughs> I guess the Steam Deck is dockable as well, but that isn't out yet. So yeah, exactly. No, no announcement on an official dock anyway. But um, yeah, I think this is really cool. I like you know it's it's one of those things like I don't see myself ever using this but it's nice to have the option, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, well, I guess, I guess Half-Life never came out on the Dreamcast officially, but as I did mention in that, in what episode two, I did play the Dreamcast version with a mouse and keyboard, (laughs) like right here at my desk, had everything plugged into my monitor. So got, got to have some of that original Half-Life experience uh, via the Dreamcast, just, you know, slightly, slightly worse that way. And it's it supported on the PS2 version also, uh, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? So, yeah. Mouse and keyboard. Oh. <laughs> so that's a, that's a real weird way to play Half-Life, but it's <laughs> it's interesting. Well, yeah. And there's there's some unique stuff about that version. But anyway, so I guess the only other thing to mention about this, this Quake update is as of October 12th, the games have also been upgraded for PS5 and Xbox Series consoles offering 4K and 120 frames per second play. So nice. I guess previously, even though you could play them on PS5 and Xbox series consoles uh, because of the backwards compatibility, it was previously available for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. But now now it's on all the things. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really cool. We'll have to play that for the podcast at some point. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. <laughs> that might, that, that'd be a really fun game because I have yet to play Quake other than whatever demo I played when I was a kid because uh-huh. I did not own this game. But yeah, that that sure would be fun. Yeah. So uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remaster is now confirmed and it has a release date for November 11th. This is the first time hearing this also. Just oh, <laughs> reading oh, the story. So, so what's funny is it was confirmed right after like like not even 12 hours after we finished recording our last episode. Right. It was confirmed. Yeah, but not a release yet. date. They we, There was just a, a title. Was yeah, I, the, yeah. Uh, that's right. There wasn't a release date yet. This is, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read this because again, this is news to me. So it's the first time I'm reading this. Um, uh, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition is what it's called, is the actual title, is more than a repackaging of all three titles. Uh, Rockstar said the updated versions... Uh, feature new aiming and shooting controls modeled off the much smoother controls from Grand Theft Auto V. It will also feature that later game's weapon and radio station wheels. Okay, that's interesting. They, they yes. talked about the how, music. How to select things, but <laughs> so I guess, spoiler alert, there is nothing that mentions the actual soundtrack. For yeah, them. right. And I think which is also maybe concerning. I think the mobile version also had that sort of wheel um, 
that you could select the radio stations with, if I remember right when I played that on San Andreas. Anyway. Yeah, the 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 game uh or the well this game of three games was worked on by Grove Street Games, who um, has ported Rockstar's previous games to iOS and Android. I see. Okay. Uh, making me nervous, Rockstar. Hope they know what you're doing. Um, Rockstar also promised updated character and vehicle character and vehicle models, a new weather system and a suite of graphical improvements and resolution updates. The Nintendo Switch version will also have its very own special control updates, including gyro aiming controls and touchscreen camera options. That sounds interesting. Yeah, and uh, have you seen the trailer for this? No, I haven't. It's pretty short, Uh and the trailer, it, it does kind of like a wipe transition to compare, like, hey, this is what it looked like on you know at the original time of release and this is what it looks like now a lot of the models look look almost exactly the same but there's a huge difference in the lighting and weather effects like you already mentioned yeah um, but it, it it looks obviously different and obviously better um the the main thing that i have concern about is the soundtrack because the soundtrack like really made uh vice city and uh, San Andreas. Yeah. Whereas, like, I know the soundtrack in three is going to be the same because it was all of their own stuff and they didn't use any licensed music. So I, I have no no worries really about three, but uh, the two following games, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be kind of bummed if they don't have the like as close to the original soundtracks as possible. Yeah. Um, I'm also wondering what, how do you price something like this? Also, is it a full fat $60 for the, the work that they've done? Like $20 for each game, essentially. Oh, yeah, um, that's interesting. I didn't, they, that's right. They didn't announce the price. Yeah. It's coming out in two weeks, but no price. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's coming out digitally on November 11th and there are going to be physical console release, uh, on December the 7th. Yeah. And it's also actually, so it's interesting, GTA San Andreas, the definitive edition, is going to be coming to Game Pass on November 11th. So one of the three games is coming to Game Pass. Wow. I don't understand why it's not all three, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the trailer now. Um, Do we get achievements for these? (laughs) Yeah, I, I prob probably probably there will be achievements. That would be that would be that'd be cool, especially if it's on Xbox. But the yeah, no, it's it's really interesting what they've done here because it really does look like a remake, but it's a remake in the style that I mean, you should definitely go check out the that trailer that Mash was talking about. But it's like the assets and everything have been redone, but the original artistic style is preserved. So it's yeah it's like a tech overhaul. So it's, it's like you have the same models and everything, but they've just been sort of like reanimated and well, almost, it almost even looks like, you know, the quake Two RTX demo. It's just like, it's almost, it's almost as if like, it's almost completely unmodified, but bam, here's the RTX features. (laughs) Um, Even though they're not necessarily doing that exactly, but that's what it makes me think of. Is definitely like marrying old and new, I, I would say. <laughs> so yeah. if you, in a way. So it's almost like the best of both worlds. 
we will see. Um, I, I'm going to wait till I see, you know, reviews of this or any, before I even touch this. But yeah, I, I think game, I think when San Andreas comes to Game Pass, that will actually be like what I try out yeah. to determine if I actually do tr- like truly want to pick this up. Um, Cause I feel like the game, the games that have to feel a lot better control wise yeah. before I'm like, yup, definitely throwing money down on this because if the control experience feels the same, then it's like, then there's no point to own this since I already own all these games. And you know, that trailer that I saw, I don't know what version it was, um, but it was definitely running at 60 FPS, which it looked real good. Yeah. Um, you know, which I'm used to playing those games at a very, very much 30 FPS experience. So or less. Yeah, or less. Depending yeah. on what's going on on the screen. Yeah. I was gonna say when I when I playing Grand Theft Auto 3, it's like you could tell me that thing runs at like 22 FPS, I would believe you. Like just the way that it runs. But yeah. It's not really fair, but that's just how I remember the experience was. And and we liked it, damn it. <laughs> yep, we did. It was amazing. At the time, it was incredible. Yes. And I know I've backpedaled a little bit since I think the, you know, the last episode when I was like, oh my God, just give me this game. It's like now I think I'm being a little bit more reasonable about it where it's like, I really want this as long as they've actually done some stuff to it that makes the gameplay feel better. Because like, I feel like, Though I have a like huge spot in my heart for these games, um, going back and trying to play them now at their original release, the the, the controls feel kind of rough. Yeah, but you know, it's just that's just how they were, and they, it felt really good at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know things have evolved so much. So I'm glad to hear that they that they're uh, they've changed the aiming and shooting controls. I hope that like. I don't know that everything else is kind of mapped the same way and feels just a bit tighter. Um, yeah. Than, you know, than the original versions. I, I remember going back to playing Grand Theft Auto three. I think I downloaded the Mac version or something. And this is, you know, years after playing San Andreas and everything, but Grand Theft Auto three, it's like, when the cars would flip over, there was no magical way you could like turn the wheel and oh, make no. the car like, flip again. Get, it was like get out. It's about <laughs> to explode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So which makes the uh, you know the old game feel pretty rough. Um, so yeah, but man, playing that as compared to GTA one and two and the like GTA London disc that I've got. Yeah. Ooh, three was three was it, man. Yeah. That is that was like that was like my my wish list of a game like all like it came to be before my like before my eyes and i was yep. like this is everything i've ever wanted in a video game yep um, yeah just like when i was talking about uh pokemon um you know let's go pikachu and eevee i'm like this is what my 8 year old brain wanted like i wanted a console pokemon red and blue like <laughs> nice so yeah Funny how that works sometimes. So dreams do come true. Yes. <laughs> Follow your dreams. You can, I can't remember. I was trying to remember the Cartman beefcake thing. Oh. Anyway. Should we play South Park next? <laughs> <laughs> I Which saw that. game? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's South Park Rally. There's Chef's Love Shack. There's just south park the fps game which is probably what's in that list that i created actually but yeah Um, yeah that's that's the i also have that rom on my n64 like i could have it 
I could be playing it in like 10 seconds. So yeah, I think I think actually I think I own the uh PlayStation version of that game. Oh, okay. Fun. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe one day. One day. We got anything else before we go back in time? I, I don't think so. All right. Well, again, uh, we are gonna be going back in time talking about zombies ate my neighbors. Uh, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, well, let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is September the 23rd, 1993. And yep, that little radio that is just everywhere. uh, Playing the number one song today in the United States, Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Man, that's a good song. (laughs) And, uh, yep, that just wrapped up and starting, uh, the number one song in the UK today, which is boom, shake the room by the fresh Prince and DJ jazzy Jeff. Another banger. Yeah. Um, also this month near the time of release of September the 6th, uh, there was a muscular dystrophy telethon for Jerry Lewis, which raised 46 million plus dollars. Dang, that was that was quite successful. Yeah. Um, September the 10th, the TV show The X-Files, created by Chris Carter, starring David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, debuted on Fox. Uh, September the 13th, in Queens, New York, well, required recycling began. Good on you, Queens, New York. <laughs> uh, September the 16th, the TV show Frasier, starring Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce, premiered on NBC. Uh, September the 18th, the LA Mighty Ducks played their first NHL preseason game against the Penguins. That was that was actually kind of a fun time. That that it became a real became a real NHL team, along with that uh, Disney movie, The Mighty Ducks. Also, September the 30th, the U.S. General and Secretary of State Colin Powell retired at the age of 56. Brought that up because he recently just passed away uh, from COVID, I believe. Mm. Sad. Um, some notable movie releases this month include The Good Son, which I saw that. Man, that was Macaulay Culkin is creepy. Um, <laughs> a Bronx Tale, The Real McCoy, and True Romance. Uh, some music albums released this month include In Utero from Nirvana, Houdini from the Melvins, August and Everything After from Counting Crows, Golden Feelings from Beck, Recipe for Hate from Bad Religion, Return of the Boom Bap by KRS-One, and the comedy album, They're All Gonna Laugh at You, from Adam Sandler. That's pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna say, if anyone's familiar with it, I tried to do a good impression. And also, real quick side note, so my stepdad one day came home from work and he was like, hey, I I stopped at the pawn shop and I got you this CD. He hands me this Ace of Bass, the sign CD. And I'm like, all right, I'm down with that. I like Ace of Bass. But what was inside was this comedy album from Adam Sandler. Wow. They're all going to laugh at you. So I wondered, I wondered if he did that on accident. I, so I ended up asking him a few years ago. No, he did it on purpose. Oh, he, he purposefully gave me that comedy album because I, I think he, I think he thought my mom wouldn't approve, which is probably right. Oh, okay. And, Man, I loved that comedy album. It was freaking hilarious. Oh, I thought he purchased Ace of Base and like put it in his stereo. I'm like, oh, this isn't Ace of Base. I'll just give this to to Mash. 
<laughs> no, he he intentionally gave me that comedy album, which I can't remember all of it. So I don't know if everything in it has aged well. So if any of you go back and listen to this because of me talking about it, just beware. I don't yeah. know. Things were definitely not as uh as as thoughtful as they should be in the early 90s. I'll just put it that way. Yep. Um, also, some best-selling games in the United States this month uh, were Jurassic Park for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And then Mortal Kombat just kind of sweeps all these consoles. So then Mortal Kombat was the best-selling game on the Game Boy, the Game Gear, the Super Nintendo, and the Sega Genesis here in the US. And then Batman Returns for the Sega CD was the, the best-selling game on the Sega CD. Uh, best-selling game in the UK, just flat out this month, was wow. Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo. Uh, and then the most popular game rentals in the United States this month were Jurassic Park for the Nintendo. Uh, sorry, just the Nintendo Entertainment System. Street Fighter II Turbo for the Super Nintendo, which that was my fighting game of choice. Um, you know, for getting down to Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. Jurassic Park for the Sega Genesis was the number one rented Genesis game this month. And then uh, Echo the Dolphin for the Sega CD. I remember renting Jurassic Park for the Genesis. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it wasn't in 1993, but it was <laughs> maybe a couple of years later. Gotcha. All right. Well, now the stage has been set. Why don't we talk about Zombies Ate My Neighbors? So uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, as we uh, talked about, was released September 23rd, 1993. It is now playable on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, modern Xbox consoles, and modern PlayStation consoles. So I'll, I'll just say, yeah, most of them, it, it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you know, PS4 and, and newer, Xbox One and newer. Oh, okay. That's, uh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because backwards compatibility, hooray. Yep. Uh, Nintendo switch, which is how I played it and, uh, PC and y- you played the super Nintendo version and the Sega Genesis version. Is that correct? Yes. And I did also play a bit on my switch. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. I well, actually I'll get into why I played it on all three uh, and a little bit after we hear a bit more about uh, some of the history of the game. Sure. Zombies Ate My Neighbors was originally developed by LucasArts. The development team was determined to create uh, levels that offered a unique feeling and setting for at least the first 20 levels. The team also wanted to recreate the arcade game experience at home and develop a game that a player could just keep playing and playing with no shortage of levels. Leading up to CES, the development team had finished around 36 levels of the game. The game was a hit at CES and did not yet have a publisher. When companies got word, LucasArts had a line of suitors looking to publish Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It was ultimately published by Konami, a company already known for platformers in 1993. Konami wanted there to be a story in the game, which which up to this point, there was none. Uh, The developers took that feedback and other notes from Konami to create the rest of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Uh, The music for the game was composed by Joseph Joe McDermott. Uh, The game was developed on the Super Nintendo before it was ported to the Sega Genesis about halfway through. The Zombies Ate My Neighbors engine would be later used for Ghoul Patrol, Metal Warriors, and Big Sky Trooper. 
the developer wanted to include battery save in the game, but was unable to as they could not afford it. The monsters in the game are based on classic horror films such as Dracula, the creature from Black Lagoon, uh, Frankenstein, etc. Released in the 1950s and more modern films like Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Weapon effectiveness is also based on these depictions. Werewolves die uh, in one hit if attacked with silverware and vampires die faster if attacked with the crucifix. In the SNES version of the game, there's a flamethrower, which is not included in the Sega Mega Drive version. The North American release was released with a variant cover art in limited quantities. The game was subject to some censorship. The game was released before the ESRB existed, and before then, Nintendo did not want violence in their video games. Nintendo of America ordered all depictions of blood and gore to be removed or changed to purple ooze. Censorship committees in several European nations, uh, like the United Kingdom, Ireland, Italy, France, Spain, Austria, Portugal, Finland, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and Germany, censored more by having the game renamed to Zombies and ordered, sorry, and ordered other changes, including the replacement of the chainsaw-wielding enemies with lumberjacks wielding axes. Yeah, that's so much better. <laughs> um, yeah, in, way better. Just remember people with an axe instead of a chainsaw. Yeah, I'll, I'd take the chainsaw personally. So um, in 1997, LucasArts released a game for Sony's PlayStation and Sega Saturn, Sega Sega Saturn titled Herx Adventures, which uses the same basic gameplay format and mechanics as Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Programmer Chris Long cited Zombies Ate My Neighbors as a major influence on his 1997 game, Swagman. Swagman sounds like it's a meme game that just came out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like in the past couple of years. Anyway, uh, Day of the Tentacle, another game released, sorry, another game developed by LucasArts is referenced in Zombies Ate My Neighbors through a secret level. Comparisons of the game Dead Rising, released for the Xbox 360 in 2006, have been drawn Lucas Thomas of IGN saying Zombies Ate My Neighbors is basically a comical 16-bit template for the new Xbox 360 release Dead Rising. And like that game, this one arms you with a pretty bizarre arsenal. Weed whackers, exploding soda cans, and flying silverware all make an appearance to help you or you and a friend put a hurt on these living dead. As far as the reception of Zombies Ate My Neighbors, although not an immediate success, Zombies Ate My Neighbors became a cult classic years after its release. Upon its release, it got above average praise, earning an 84.5 or 84.5 on GameRankings.com. Reviewers of the game often cited its humor, two-player mode, graphics, and music as some of its best aspects. Mike Sealer of Sega16.com said the variety of weapons shows off the game's tongue-in-cheek nature by giving you weapons and items like silverware, dishes, soda can grenades, a weed whacker, keys, bazookas, as well as health packs. The armchair empire simply praised the variety and strategy of the weapon system incorporated. They also made note of the little details that make it so cool to play, saying if you come across a door which you don't have the key for, you can blow it open with a bazooka. Critics agree that the co-op mode is highly recommended. 
The game's colorful and detailed graphics have been praised as well as its soundtrack, which Siebler called an homage to the spooky, over-the-top music found in old, scary flicks. He went on to mention the sound effects are equally impressive. Corby Dillard of Nintendolife.com said the graphics do not exactly set new 16-bit standards, but they still manage to look sharp and the creative use of the darker color scheme used throughout the game really makes the creepy visuals come to life on screen. He ended his review by affectionately calling the game a second-rate horror movie version of Contra. (laughs) I'll take it. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, And just a general overview of the game. Um, So the mad scientist Dr. Tung has created a wide variety of monsters within the bowels of his castle and has unleashed them on nearby suburban areas, terrorizing its inhabitants. Two teenage friends, Zeke and Julie, having witnessed an attack of said monsters, arm themselves with a great deal of unconventional weaponry and items to combat them and save their neighbors from certain death. Ultimately, they will come face to face with Dr. Tongue himself and defeat him to put an end to his plans. The player can choose between Zeke and, and Julie or both into player mode. They navigate suburban neighborhoods, shopping malls, pyramids, haunted castles, and other areas, destroying a variety of horror movie monsters, including vampires, werewolves, huge demonic babies, (laughs) spiders, squidmen, evil dolls, aliens, UFOs, giant ants, blobs, giant worms, mummies, chainsaw-wielding maniacs, pod people, uh, aggressive alien clones of the player, and the game's namesake, Zombies. Uh, In each of the 48 stages, which includes seven optional bonus levels, the player must rescue numerous types of neighbors, including barbecue chefs, teachers, babies, tourists, archaeologists, soldiers, dogs, and cheerleaders. Once all neighbors on a level have been saved by the player by touching them, a door opens that will take the player to the next stage. All types of neighbors will be killed if an enemy touches them, preventing them from being saved for the remainder of the game or until an extra bonus victim is awarded. On some levels, daytime gradually turns to night. Upon nightfall, tourists transform into werewolves and cannot be saved. The game counts it as if they have been killed. At least one neighbor must be saved from each level to proceed to the next. The game is lost if the players lose all of their lives or if all of the neighbors are killed. Scoring points earns players neighbors to save and extra lives. Each level has at most 10 neighbors, and each neighbor type is worth a different number of points. There are various items that the players can pick up along the way. These include keys to open up doors, health packs that restore health, and potions with various effects such as increasing speed or temporarily transforming the player into a powerful monster. Players can also collect various types of weapons, uh, such as an Uzi water gun, uh, bazookas, weed whackers, explosive soda cans, ice pops, tomatoes, silverware dishes, ancient crucifixes, flamethrowers, fire extinguishers, and Martian bubble guns. Not not bubble gums, bubble guns. Yes. <laughs> uh, each with their own effectiveness against certain types of enemies. That's all the co- pre-prepared content that we have. But um, this is my first time playing the game. I've I've only 
seen the game be played by you on one of your streams, one of your uh, charity streams that you had going. Yeah. I think the game's got a lot of style. I really like a lot of things about it. Some of the jokes. Yeah. Like one level that stood out to me that was called Fish and Crips, which involves <laughs> the monsters from the Black Lagoon, you know, sort yeah. of running around in a like Egyptian crypt, basically. So I, I thought, you know, they stayed on brand on that one. So yeah. I thought it was it was really good. Uh, what What is your experience with the game? Um, so I, I first rented the game, uh, which led me to buying it and I got it when it was, it was still pretty new. I, I can't remember exactly when I got it. Cause you know, I was still fairly young when this game came out. So I didn't really have my own disposable income. So I can't remember if it was like that I saved for it and bought it or if I got it as a gift, it's probably likely that I got it as a gift. Um, but I think also this game is just kind of what got me into the zombie genre. Like it was just like, even, even though its main focus isn't necessarily zombies, I think yeah. it's really what like introduced me to zombies. But yeah, like I, I always, like I've always remembered the game very fondly because it's, it is fun. It does have a lot of style. And like one thing that I'm actually surprised that this didn't call out before is the water gun it's filled with holy water. Oh, like that's why you're that's why you're doing damage okay. and like why you're able to take the the monsters out. Not that they're, you know, afraid of water, but it's it's holy water <laughs> that you're squirting them with. Okay. Um but yeah, so like I I remember playing the heck out of it when I was a kid, but because this game is difficult, I never got very far. And I remember though because the internet wasn't like I didn't have a computer with internet access in my house at the time when I got this game, like not, not anywhere for the next few years would that happen. So it's not like I could just go online and go like, okay, where are the cheats for this? I remember picking up tips and tricks magazine and being able to like find passwords, like, cause this game doesn't have a save game system, but it does have a password system the main the main downside of the password system is that it doesn't save any of the items or any of the things that you've picked up. So if you do lose all of your lives and you do start from like from whatever level you enter a password for, you just have your squirt gun with a limited amount of holy water and then you've got to go and pick up more items. So anyway, like even if you do continue with a password, like you're starting with like the the deck stacked against you so to speak but one of the like i think the the main thing that has always stuck out for me about this game is the music and i know that it's that like i know that that's the case with a lot of games that we end up talking about especially like if it's something that i have a fondness for that i've played in you know in the past but the music in this is absolutely fantastic like i since we've been playing this for the past couple of weeks i've just had the music kind of like on repeat in my head in the background of like every day I even actually because I was like staring up at the ceiling in bed um one day recently and my partner was like what are you thinking about <laughs> and I was like I'm I was like in my head I'm listening to the music from zombies ate my neighbors and she was like oh really <laughs> yeah hold on and I like put it on and she was like this is actually pretty good and for her to say that to me is a huge thing because she is not the biggest fan of like chiptune music 
And she was like, yeah, this is actually pretty good. So anyway, I was like, yes, maybe I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> um, and then also like, uh, I guess last thing on, on my take before we kind of break, break this down and talk about the different sections individually is I really thought that all of the villain characters in this game were so well done. Like, I feel like they look so good. There's such a great representation of their horror movie counterparts. And I don't know, like, uh, even, even the, even the Martians look like the, like all of the Martians in Mars attacks. And I yeah. can't remember if Mars attacks came out before or after this. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some like old Martian movie where the, the, the Martians look like, the ones that are in this game. I just haven't seen it. I can only tie it to Mars Attacks. And uh, yeah, it's good. It looks good. Yeah. And talking about the difficulty a little bit, um, I thought it was, you know, I struggled with it. I only got through, you know, the first handful of levels uh, before I kind of, you know, game over it. And then I'd use a password to get back where I was and then make it a couple more levels and then also game over again. But I did, I did watch a speed run of this game that includes, you know, getting uh, basically a hundred percent of all the victims in all the yeah. maps. Oh, I, I watched part of that as well too. Yeah. So, and I thought that that was really, it, it really kind of told me that this game is sort of like in a way built for speed running because like at least how that the gameplay of a speed run is like being really good at the game. Basically, it's not like skipping segments of the game. It's just like, no, I know the levels very well. I'm just going to yeah. run past all the enemies and and get these uh neighbor the victims, the neighbors as as quickly as possible. And Yeah. So, it definitely seems like the the, you know, there's some difficulty in the repetition of learning the levels, it's kind of backwards and front, just so you can like sort of grab the villagers in, in short order. The other thing is, or I said villagers, I mean, <laughs> victims. I gotcha. Vic, victim neighbors. Um, the other thing is that sometimes if you take too long, um, you know, or the, the enemies will spawn in a way that makes it very difficult to save the victims also. So yeah, that's where it kind of takes more like, okay, this is what happened last time. How can I prevent that um, from happening again? Yeah, th- this game very much supports like, memorization because all like all of the neighbors spawn in the same place on every single level uh-huh. as long as they're all still alive well actually you know if if you're if your barbecue burger flipping guy dies in one level he's not gonna you know there's not gonna be that neighbor in that location on the following level right or if a cheerleader dies in one level they're not gonna be in that spot where they're supposed to be in the next level yeah, this game definitely is is of an arcade level of difficulty where it's like at first it's going to feel pretty punishing, but then then I don't know once once you get once you start memorizing where things are, where weapons are, where other specific items are, then you can start to breeze through like earlier parts of the game until you get into unfamiliar territory, which you know that's basically the way that games were then. Yeah. Like, That's how they were made. Cool. It's incredibly difficult until you just start memorizing all of yeah. this. And going back to the music too, um, there's not a massive soundtrack for this game. No, there's, it's not huge, but 
they're good. Yeah, they're, they are. They are good. I will say um, some of them, you know, were earworms to me also. Um, it just cracks me up that my, my partner used to ask me that question, like, what are you thinking right now? And I think she learned to stop asking because I'm always thinking of something incredibly stupid or incredibly simple. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, you look so deep in thought. What are you thinking about? It's yeah. like, I'm thinking about video game music. Yeah. Or I'm trying I'm trying to figure out what controller I want to buy. And they're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's real that's deep in thought here. <laughs> how my brain works. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, also um, for, for all you folks listening, I will put a link to the soundtrack probably like on YouTube um, so that you can check that out. Yeah. Definitely check it out. It's good. And it, it won't, it won't take up too much of your time, but it, I don't know. It just, it feels right for the game. Right. Um, let's see. Should we talk about like the characters in the game? Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess it's really only, well, I guess characters would be Zeke and Julie and then the neighbors. Yeah, that's that's right. Who did you play as? Growing up, I pretty much always played as Zeke. So this time, I pretty much exclusively just played as as Julie on yeah. um, on the three versions that I played it on because I did play it on Super Nintendo. And so full disclosure to everybody. So I beat this game, but the only reason I beat this game is because I used my Game Genie. Yeah. Um, cause this game is, it, it is hard and I did not want to take the time to memorize everything about the game, but it is funny now cause I have played it enough that I think that I can probably without having to use a password to continue, I can probably get to around level 20, maybe a little after level 20 now, just cause just from playing it so much, but there are like the, the game box says there are 55 levels. So even even getting to 20 that's like not even halfway through the game yet so yeah i played as i played as julie predominantly this time around who who did you play as i i also played as julie cuz i just like selecting female characters in games for some reason cuz yeah. i don't i feel like we don't see enough of them yeah they're <laughs> so. under underrepresented yes um yeah that's that's funny i i've pretty much with the exception of being a a kid i've always kind of leaned to pick female characters um more often than not and I like the neighbor's design because, you know, you've got just, uh, I don't know, <laughs> there, there's always like a baby, like usually just like. Yeah, just a baby around. chilling by himself somewhere. I love that there's a dog, that a dog is one of them. And they, they really took the, the, the neighbors or victims, as I'll call them. Um, they they kind of match the theme of some of the tile sets, like the archaeologist, like doesn't really make sense, but it totally makes sense if you're in the Egyptian crypt levels. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, uh, you know, the neighbors, like the dog or the kids jumping on the trampoline or the baby, you know, they make sense, you know, in those levels and in the later level of the game, you they're like one of the last levels you're on a football field, uh, with giant snakeoid worms, you know, digging through yeah. the bottom, but that the cheerleaders finally make sense why they're there, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And then you got the, the angry looking teacher giving you an F minus an F minus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm not going to save you because then maybe my parents won't see that I got an F minus. Yeah. <laughs> and actually on this page, um, I added a link to characters and there's a manual 
um, scanned at, at the bottom of that page, which has all these sort of names and I'll just read off some of them. So like dog worth 500 points, for example, um, trampoline girl, uh, tourists. There's always, it says, but be careful, uh, around them after dark, you know, because they turn into werewolves, uh, barbecue guy is the burger guy. <laughs> yep. Inner tuber. So there's usually some sort of just big dude hanging out in an inner tube in the, yep. in the water. You have to go yeah. swim. And whenever he's in a pool, he's yeah. totally safe. But in the later levels where there's like a lot of like toxic waste water and like a lot of water that you have to swim through, yeah. there's also a lot of those like creature from the like Black Lagoon creatures swimming around where he's not safe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's a soldier usually, you know, not doing much of anything but usually has weapons around as the, as you know, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Usually there's like some uh, bazooka ammo just kind of hanging out near him, which is uh, nice. So the, the school teacher is known as the evil school teacher. Uh, the description here in the manual says she gives you a bad grade and 10 points. Maybe you're not spending enough time on your homework. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other thing I just realized um there's one that says the elusive son of Dr. Tongue. And I'm realizing now is, wasn't Dr. Tongue the, the doctor in uh, Day of the Tentacle? Was it, was that, was that his name? I don't know. I, I, I have to look that up, but it just, it just said the elusive son of Dr. Tongue. This, I don't know if this is related because the, you know, this game plays lo lots of, um, pays lots of homage to different mediums, but Dr. Tongue, as he was nicknamed by designer Tom Savini, is a minor character featured in Day of the Dead. Maybe that's where Dr. Tongue came from? Probably. Yeah, I just have to look that up. So, all right. Well, then moving on from characters to the levels, which again, there's like, there's 55, but here's a list of the 48 official like named levels. And I guess it also calls out like some of the, the bonus levels that you can access, but they've got some, some really fun names. Oh, that's funny. It's not lumberjack hedge maze mayhem. I think it's just hedge maze mayhem um, or chainsaw hedge maze mayhem in the not censored version of the game. Yeah. It sounds like uh, there was a sense. That's the censored version we're looking at. Yeah. So. And then, you know, weird kids on the block. Titanic toddler Mars needs cheerleaders. That's the first one. I think where we see the Martians in the football field and there's like football, like American football players running across the field that just charge into you for some weird reason. So it's yeah. like, it's like there are humans that are also attacking you, which <laughs> is strange because that's not really the case in any other level, except the football levels. They don't do damage to be fair. I think they just knock you back. Um, oh, I, I think they do. I they think do they do, do damage. damage. Okay. Okay. So then we've also got, let's see, uh, levels like ants. Because <laughs> there's giant ants in this game. Uh, we've also got the Office of the Doomed. Dances with werewolves. I liked that one. <laughs> yes. Oh, and where the red fern growls. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's shopping. Yeah. Uh, the zombie house party. I was a chainsaw maniac. The boardwalk of terrors. So a lot of like really fun and clever titles for a lot of these levels that, that fit the theme of the level as well. Oh yeah. One of the last levels like you were talking about, Gridiron Terror. 
That's, yes, that was that uh, that level there. Day of the Chainsaw. Hey, kind of like Day of the Tentacle. That's right. Yeah. Um, did we talk about the Day of the Tentacle level yet? I mean, there is not specifically, but yeah, there is there is a Day of the Tentacle like hidden level which I did not play, but you do see day like you do see Day of the Tentacle stuff uh, when you beat the game. Yeah. And actually, when you beat the game, the level that you get to go to after like the credits are done is a LucasArts office and you talk like you can go walk up and talk to all of the different people that worked on the game. George Lucas is even in there and he tells you to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, I I think I I might have recognized some uh some games from or some some names from like the work at Double Fine now, but um I, I I forgot the name that I was I was thinking of, but I thought that was that was cool. Also, oh, so also like I I watched a developer interview, and I think it's actually in the new release of the game. Uh-huh. Like if you pick it up on the modern systems, I think it's one of the the special things that you can access in the game. And it was really cool, like hearing him talk about the development of the game and the fact that. Like and I, I had added some of that stuff because the the Wikipedia article didn't have a lot of the stuff that this guy talked about, so I added it to our our text that you ended up reading through earlier. But it was fun hearing that, like, yeah, like you know, we really just wanted to develop a game that was kind of like an arcade game and bringing an arcade experience home, where you can just keep going and going and going and keep playing. Like they wanted to create more levels than they thought players would ever actually get to they they wanted they wanted to i don't know have that kind of like endless experience so that you're never like you're you're not burning through the game really fast and just be you know you're done with it i i kind of appreciate that at the same time it's like maybe i would have appreciated a shorter level set feels like you know something a bit more attainable to get because you know when you get to later levels like uh level 42 spikes that's a ridiculous level it's literally just spikes everywhere yeah and it's it's timed where you're like having to to move over the spikes that go up and down and there's like different patterns and stuff i don't know since i was using the game genie i didn't care i just was like i'm not going to take any damage so i'm just going to keep running to get to all the different points to save the save my neighbors it's a really cool thing that they wanted to do but at the same time i like wish that some of it wasn't quite so difficult <laughs> yeah it was a, it's a little messed up right so yeah um and looking back i saw i confirmed the the person i was thinking of was peter chan who does not work for double fine but worked on like full throttle and sam and max and awesome. those games as well so that's that's what I was, um, the, the video that I watched that had that credit scene, like went through like so fast, I, I couldn't catch all the names or see who, who worked on the game. Um, but, but yeah, I, I also wish the game wasn't so difficult. Um, so that I could have, you know, played more of it myself, but I definitely see how you're supposed to play the game now. It's, it's really meant to be a much faster pace. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it is not a good idea to stand your ground yeah. and try to get rid of the enemies you see on screen. Yeah. They literally just keep spawning. 
So it's in your best interest to like try to speed run it basically and run through and avoid confrontation as much as possible and get to your neighbors as quickly as possible before they get killed or like what you read before it turns to night and they turn into werewolves. Yeah, that's right. Because that's a thing too. But yeah, any any particular uh, either level or theme level or a theme of a level that was like your favorite or stood out? Yeah, I I didn't I did enjoy like the neighborhood levels and the crypts though they were difficult. That's where I kind of spent some of my lives, you know, during my playthrough. Those were kind of cool because they were like basically routes, like clear defined routes to go through. Yeah, the levels. Uh, I didn't enjoy the like mall and toy st- like toy store factory with the little crazy Chucky dolls with axes. Yeah, I didn't enjoy those as as much just because they were a little bit harder to traverse and figure out where I was going. So yeah, it's funny. I have a love hate relationship with the like hedge maze ones. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, I really enjoy them, but sometimes you just get like four chainsaw maniacs all coming after you and you're like, dang it, just leave me alone. Yeah, because you have to navigate the maze or blow a hole in it where these guys just for free, they can just go through walls. So yeah, they, <laughs> but the, at least the the one good thing about it. So part of my strategy sometimes was to bait them to certain areas of the hedge maze that I wanted them to cut open for me. Yeah. And then run away and then try to come back to it a little bit later. So yeah, kind of kind of a love hate with that. I really do think that the like the American football field ones are like fun and interesting cuz I feel like there's not as many of those and your interactions with the Martians are definitely not as many as any other enemy type. So that like those types of levels just kind of fun from a I guess a novelty standpoint, I guess. Yeah. Um and the ones that I really don't like are the ones that involve the giant ants. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're tough. Like, I do not like those ants. But yeah, I mean, and also like the little Chucky doll guys with the axes, their, their laugh yeah. <laughs> is unsettling. And those axes reach pretty far. Yeah, and it seems like they're really weak to the exploding soda cans, but also lining up a shot on them. It's is, so hard to throw those soda cans at them, though. Yeah, because if they're up close to you, there's no way. You have to, like, run away and then, like, lob it behind you or something. And, you know, a lot of times they're faster than that, so you can't get enough distance. Um, Anything else on levels before we move on to items and weapons? No, let's 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 do it. Um, so for for general items that you can pick up in the game, some of it's already been talked about, but there's keys, there's skull keys, a monster potion, a ghost kid potion. That's good to know the name now. I didn't know what that was called. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's that blue potion. Yeah. Um, also, there's the random potion that you have no idea what's going to happen to you. Sometimes you get healed. Sometimes you turn into a ghost. Sometimes you turn into a monster. There's those speed shoes, uh, the decoys, which are those laughing clown things, which those are super helpful. Oh, okay. Um, those are super helpful on Hedge Maze Mayhem and anytime that those chainsaw maniacs are around. Also, like if you're just getting overwhelmed by enemies, it's great to drop those decoys. It's, you know, just 
little laughing clown thing. Those that thing actually does remind me of one of the items in Day of the Tentacle. Oh yeah, isn't, yeah. There's there a laughing clown thing. <laughs> there's a there's an inflatable clown thing that when you punch it, it yeah, puts you back. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's those. Yeah. So yeah, there's the decoys. Pandora's box, which I enjoy the sound that it makes when you open it up, and it just kind of like clears the screen of enemies. Yeah. Um, and then of course your trusty first aid kit, um, which there are never enough of those. Um, yeah, I, I wish, you know, that would make the game actually a lot easier for me if there was just more first aid kits, uh, around that, that might tip the scales to, you know, a more playable game because there were like, when I went through the first crypts level and I got through the end of it, I'm like, I guess there are no first aid kits in the entire level because I could have, you really used one. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know how often they occur, but. Yeah, it's definitely not enough. It, it definitely seemed even like watching the speed run too. There was a whole lot less need for these items. If you're doing a consistent run through the whole game and if you're scoring good points, you'll get extra lives. Like, you know, yeah, the speed run I was watching for quite a bit of it, they had like seven lives on deck. So um, they could basically tank the bosses, which we'll we'll talk about, I'm sure. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so those those are the items as far as the weapons go. I know that a lot of them have been mentioned, but not every single one of them. Yeah. So uh, just a quick rundown: there's that water gun with the holy water, a bazooka, a fire extinguisher, some soda cans, ice pops, which you pick up from the freezer at the mall, <laughs> which I didn't really use those. Um, some plates, some silverware, some ancient artifacts, a football a weed eater, which the weed eater, I kind of enjoy those levels where it's required, where you kind of have to use the weed eater to get through the area of like the spiky stuff that's growing. It's satisfying for sure. Yeah, it is. It is very satisfying to use the weed eater. Yeah. The, um, my first playthrough, I kept dying because I didn't understand how to get past those areas. I thought you just had to tank the hits, but oh, the, the, okay. the weed eater definitely, I was like, oh, I do. That is a weed whacker I have. I might as well use that. So yeah. Uh, we've also got tomatoes, a flamethrower, but the flamethrower, I think, as we mentioned before, is only available in the Super Nintendo version of the game. Uh-huh. Uh, and Pandora's box, which apparently is duplicated from the item section and the alien bubble gun, <laughs> um, which just throws enemies into a bubble. I don't think it kills them. It looks super annoying to be hit by that also um, because it stops you in place or impedes your progress. So, yeah. but I, I think the the worst though was for me is when those, those goop things would, would shoot you with, goop where you get goop on your head and oh, you take yeah. damage and i guess you have to wiggle Ow. left and right to, yeah, to get the the goop off you but it basically means you can't use any items and uh you're taking damage as long as that goop is on you so i do really enjoy the fact that like there's a rock paper scissors element with all of these different weapons but there's so many of them that it's really kind of difficult in the moment if you have a lot of them in your inventory to switch through them effectively yeah. and then use the right weapon for the right enemy at the right time. That's, that is, that's really the only thing critical that I have to say about that rock, paper, scissor elements uh, or element of this with the enemies. When you're in the heat of battle and you're trying to switch, it's really easy to just go right past 
Yes. And like not actually get what you're supposed to be getting. So. I never really got a grip on the controls. Like I was like, I find myself trying to shoot. I'm like, that's the wrong button. So <laughs> yeah, the thing that I was irritated the most by was when I went to go to change my like item uh-huh. and then accidentally use a health kit where I'd only taken one damage previously. Yeah. Like, dang it. No. Yeah. I just burned a health kit for no reason. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess it really does take you getting used to the controls, getting used to the game so that you're not panicking in the moment and uh, overusing everything. I, I didn't realize we hadn't talked about villains yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we are, they were named off, okay. or at least some of them were named off in, you know, the initial reading of everything. But um, yeah, why don't you kind of run through some of our, our villains and bosses here? Yeah, of course, we have the titular zombie, um, <laughs> Vlad Belmont the Vampire, which has to be like a, a Castlevania <laughs> reference, um, like Simon Belmont. Uh, yeah. Jelly Blob, those are the things that, I don't know, they yeah. look like bubblegum, walking bubblegum, basically, not walking, yeah. but crawling. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Mummy, which I found were did take a lot of holy water damage but that I think, yeah i think it's like five shots of oof. holy water gets him down yeah and that's kind of rough going from the first zombie which dies in one hit so yeah. that, that was a you kind of learn you got to use something else tommy the evil doll which probably that reference to chucky werewolf stanley decker the chainsaw maniac <laughs> uh, basically looks like jason with a chainsaw yep uh the pod plant which is, I think that's the, the one the, you need the weed whacker for. Yeah, they just sort of spread these pods around. And the longer you're in the level, the bigger the patches are, you know, further adding to the urgency of, of the situation. Gilman of the Blue Lagoon. Uh, so, aka Brook Shards, which I, th- I think that's a reference I, to something. Yeah, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know the reference there. The Mushroom Men and Dr. Tongue, the the mushroom men must be the Martians. Is that how that? I don't recall, but yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't actually call out all of them because yeah, there's there's the Martians. There's also the the giant spider boss that yes. you fight. The giant baby. Yes. That. So it's interesting. The giant baby. You have to defeat it, and then it turns into the baby that you normally save. Yes, that's correct. Which, yeah. Like taking down those giant babies is tough. Oh, and then also the the sand monster things that's not talked about here, or the ants. Come on, come on, giant bomb. This is not this is not complete. No. Um, um, also, the uh, there are little mushroom men um, from Zombies Ate My Neighbors, not the Martians. So okay, yeah. I was gonna say I, I I thought there might have been, but I couldn't remember exactly because yeah. there are so many different enemy types. Yep, and so many different levels. But yeah, I I definitely had a hard time with the spider boss for sure. Um, because you need to use the weed whacker to get around because the spider boss is constantly putting out like spitting out little spiders and then also lots of just spider webs all over the ground, which really slow you down. Yeah. So it moves around quickly. You're moving really slowly because of the spider webs. So not only do you have to attack this thing, but then you also need to use your weed whacker to get through and get away and clear out some of the spider webs so that you're not constantly just slowed down 
and just bombarded by this gigantic spider. Yeah, I that one really stuck out to me as like I definitely had a difficult time with it. But then also those those freaking sandworm things. Um, yeah, those are those bad. those take so much damage to to take down. Like it was funny watching the speed run where I'm like, this guy or the you know whoever this person is that's playing this, it's like they've got no problem being in exactly the right spot to not get hit. But then, like, to constantly be doing damage to these guys, and I just I could not get that down after watching it. So, hence the yeah. game genie. <laughs> it's like um, the yeah, the speedrunner um for the baby just like hid in a house and then just use Pandora's box whenever the baby was on screen, just over and over, just used Pandora's box is you know explicitly or specifically for that scenario. Yeah, I read something for a strategy that was like, all right hang out in this corner of the house and then keep throwing your soda bombs. Oh. But when I did that, like the baby was never in the right spot and I waste all my soda can bombs and like maybe hit the baby twice. Wow. And then for the spider, I saw that they just used the fire extinguisher and just tanked the hits. Like, and you know, for the last boss, I think tanked like basically lost three lives, just taking down that boss, like as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that really does feel like the best way to go about the game is like <laughs> early on, just save up everything that you can get as many points as you can get as many lives as you can. And then when a boss comes, just like stand there, tank all the damage and just like get through them as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it's just definitely a, a different style of game, something we're not used to, you know, um, because so many games it's, you know, we, we actively try and avoid not getting hit, you know, at all, but yeah, it doesn't really seem like that viable of an option in this game. So, nope. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of enemies, but they don't seem to do dramatically like more damage than the other ones. So it's just like death by a thousand cuts sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the gigantic baby when it squashes you, I think probably takes three life bars from you. Wow, I think maybe <laughs> yeah. it's only two, and you're stunned for a little while, so yeah. you can't <laughs> just take. And then the by the time you're not flattened anymore and you're back up, the baby is back to flatten you again. Yeah, that baby's fast. I can't believe yeah, how fast. Like you know, incredibly fast. Something so huge would be slow and lumbering. Not not this baby. <laughs> Nope, this baby is super fast. Yeah, speed run fast. Yeah. <laughs> like the speed shoes, like just just like that. <laughs> um, which that also seemed like a pretty viable strategy is, is using that sort of ghost potion to just sort of allows you to walk on water and quickly, quickly collect any uh, victims yeah. out there. Yeah, I used the uh, the the speed shoes a fair amount um, mm -hmm. kind of later in the game, but yeah, I don't know. This game, this game is freaking tough, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard game for sure. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be able to beat it without cheats <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But it, it was, it was kind of fun playing with cheats just to get through the game and just to see more of the game. Oh, and also, so I know that I said that I played a couple different versions of the game just to real quick, the, some of the stuff that was different between the Sega Genesis version and Super Nintendo version is the Genesis version uh, is on the far, you know, on the right hand side of the screen, there's just this black bar 
where you permanently have like the radar and the map up all of the time. And none of that is obstructing your view of like the play area. Whereas on the Super Nintendo version, um, when you press L or R on the SNES controller, it pops up and gives you the, the kind of map radar thing overlaid over the top of the screen, along with like your, your health and your, your items and your ammo and all of that is also overlaid on top of the screen at the very top. So there's, there's more that's covering the play area of the game on the screen um, in the Super Nintendo version. But I think overall, I think the audio is better in the Super Nintendo version. I think the, the music, there's a little bit more depth with some of the songs. And there's also like, they've added some of the sound effects of the game to the songs where none of that is present in the Sega Genesis version. Um, Though also, I don't know what it plays like with a three-button controller, but control-wise, it was great on the six-button Sega Genesis controller. I actually, for some reason, preferred playing the Sega Genesis version with the six-button controller over like the general gameplay of the Super Nintendo version, even though like they're they're pretty identical. There's there's just something that felt better control wise on the six button uh, controller for the Genesis. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so there's I don't know. You can kind of kind of go back and forth with what's better about each version, but if you play it on either system, like you you really can't go wrong. Yeah, that's true. And you know, the Switch version isn't bad. At least it it has the ability to stop and save your progress at any time, but you cannot continue should you die. So I um kind of wish that I knew that before I had purchased that version. So just, you know, buyer beware on that one or yeah, I was hoping that the save game stuff would be more like save states or at least like, hey, you've got this level, you, you can keep continuing from that level. That's yeah. not the case. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, you're going to stop playing for now. Cool. We'll save your progress. But if you get a game over, you get a game over and you need to start over again, or you need to use passwords, uh, like, like in the original version of the game. Yeah. Oh, I remember now. So I started playing the switch version and I was like, huh, the music doesn't sound quite right. Oh, so that's when I then went back to my Super Nintendo version and predominantly played it there. But yeah, there was just, it just, it bugged me that like the sound wasn't, wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Sure. Um, it wasn't bad at all. It just wasn't what was in my head. So it was yeah. really funny playing the Sega version. So I'm like, this is definitely not going to sound the same, but I really want to hear what it sounds like on the Sega Genesis audio chip. So the speed run I, I watched, I, um, I believe was captured from a super Nintendo mm-hmm. or, or an emulator. And the, the music seemed to stick in my head more when I listened to that version versus when I played yeah. on the switch. So maybe there's just, maybe it's just a little more punchier on, on some of those notes. Yeah. Or there's, there's just, there's something that feels like it's missing in yeah. the modern release. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, any more thoughts about Zombies Ate My Neighbors? It's a fun game. I think it's a, you know, a, a great love letter and celebration to, you know, classic horror and has some 90s attitude mixed in there. So it's got a lot of character. Um, you know, even if I I didn't have the 
necessarily the most fun playing it, but I, I, I think it's definitely worth, I think anyone should try it. Yeah. And, you know, just go into it knowing that it's hard. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like super ghouls and ghosts hard. Yeah. I, I did play a little bit of that, like by a little bit of it, mean, meaning I couldn't even beat the first level uh, <laughs> when I tried playing it recently. So it's not in my, what I've been playing. So it's, it, but I just wanted to throw it out there. It is not as difficult as that game. Like, okay. definitely not. This game is way more accessible than something like that. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's fun. It's got a lot of charm. It's got a lot of character. It's got great, great representation of all of these characters that you've probably seen before. And it's just a fun little, I don't know, Halloween time game, I think. Yeah, agreed. Well, I think that's all I have about Zombies Ate My Neighbors. You good? Yeah. All right. Well, then let's go back to the future and get in that time machine. And we have arrived back to present day, which again, I'm going to keep reminding you is the past for you, listener. (laughs) Um, It is October the 22nd, 2021. And now we're going to take some time to talk about some of the games that we've been playing since we last recorded um, anything you want to start with? Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I can, I can talk a little bit about my streaming adventures, you know, not a lot to talk about here, but I've been playing more Sekiro and I'm actually starting, I think I'm actually starting to get good at the game, <laughs> uh, because I basically just spent, uh, this week's stream, uh, let's see. So this was our, the past Monday, I spent an hour just going after this one mini boss, um, which is one of the seven spheres. I guess I think this is a recurring mini boss that's in different areas of the game because I've also attacked another spear wielding like double health bar enemy. And so I, I spent an hour just attacking this this one guy. And what's kind of interesting about Sekiro is if you can display if you can perform a certain amount of mastery with a particular boss, like if you're able to counter like three or four of their attacks perfectly timed in a row, like if they do a thrust motion, you can do what's called a Mercury counter and press B right as the attack lands instead of blocking. Um, Or if they do a sweeping attack and you jump and then jump on their head, if you can do a couple of those in a row, you'll just finish the boss. It'll do like a, a... quick time like kill maneuver so it's like basically you have shown like i am demonstrating mastery when playing this boss so it gives you like the quick out on defeating cool. the boss like you don't have to continue to damage it is clear that you have bested this opponent so i think that's what's starting to click for me cool um so there were two bosses that i've been these are two bosses i've been stuck on for you know, playing once a week on stream for probably two or three weeks now. And I defeated them both in one stream. Awesome. Yeah. I just sort of like learned how to counter their moves and I won. So, uh, and that's really where the difficulty lies because it's not like anybody is automatically good at this game, unless you're really good at picking up on cues on, you know, boss movement and attacks. Uh, 
you just have to beat your head against the wall until you learn all of their attacks and then they're easy. You just beat them. Yeah. So, so I've been playing that and I'm enjoying that. I'm actually finally like legitimately having fun and understanding the appeal of this game. Cause it's, you know, to, to anybody starting out, it just seems like, you know, a, a machine or a, a work of, uh, for masochists, basically, it's just like, why would anyone want to play this? But, um, but yeah, I'm starting to see it. Uh, also playing Stardew Valley, and and we've we've finished fall time. We're in the winter time now, and I feel like I'm well prepared for it because uh, I've unlocked the greenhouse, and uh, I I have enough food for my chickens for the winter. So it should be you know a productive winter. And I'm also having a lot of fun playing that. I was just thinking about it this morning. I'm like, I want to play more Stardew Valley, but I have to reel it in and I, I can, I can play on stream, but I just don't want to burn myself out, you know? Yeah. So, because Stardew Valley is something that I've played to death like three times and then burned myself out and then picked it up, you know, a year later. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think, I think it's, this is a good feeling and I just need to sort of preserve that sort of slow burn of progression that I'm doing. Nice. Um, let's see a couple of things I've been playing here. Uh, rock band Four, like normal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't been playing it as much though in the past couple of weeks because um, there's no active season right now that there was one like cover song challenge that was pretty fun, but I did actually the other day clear the song uh, ride the lightning from Metallica for the first time ever on expert pro drums. So Ooh. is that one of the uh, ones where it has just like double horns for the difficulty, like across the board? <laughs> so I can't remember if ride the lightning has, has the, if it's, if it's impossible. So like, yeah, I think, I think it's actually a nightmare difficulty, which is just the five dots uh-huh. and then the six dots so to speak, is the, you know, all the devil horns yeah, uh, I see. possible, but I did beat one or two songs on the impossible difficulty, which definitely, cause I cleared them. They were not impossible, but there's, there's so many songs in that tier that I just can't even touch. Yeah. I mean, same thing, same thing in the five bubble, I'll call it yeah. <laughs> um, difficulty. It's almost like these songs, they're almost writing a disclaimer. These are not you know, uh, suitable songs for rock bands. Um, if you know, to a certain difficulty level, I mean, you could play them on easy and still have a good time and still enjoy the song, but they're like saying, okay, like if, if you want to play this on expert, it's like, you know, seasoned veterans only. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's felt, it's felt nice to be able to start clearing some of those more difficult songs. Like, you know, on, on some of them, I was only getting, getting like four stars. Um, I have not gotten gold stars really on anything in those difficulties. I think with the exception of like one song, I think I got gold stars on, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah. But, but anyway, it's, it's just been nice being able to see the progression um, of my skill and getting better at this and also just getting better at drums in general, because um, a little, you know, a little bit this morning before, uh, before starting recording, I just sat down and played drums for a while, like sans rock band, just like drums. It's been a lot of fun. So, so yeah, I've been playing rock band four. And then also, so I think we played this a couple weeks ago when we tried to play with, uh, 
friend of the show, Striddle Cakes, while he was doing cloud streaming, but it didn't work. Oh, um, yes, so we, we did. Tactic. I took this off my list, but you're right. We did play this. So I will I will re- add this back. I in, mean, nothing, yeah. nothing really, you know, big to say about it, but it was kind of funny that like, so he was trying to play via cloud streaming because he is he is not home at the moment yes. or at least wasn't home at the moment. Yeah. So he also like hasn't played the game a ton. We didn't pick anything that we thought was necessarily very hard. Although we did ratchet up the difficulty more than we normally play. Oh, we, we, played on, we played on Dangerous, I believe, which was just like one tick oh, higher than the... I didn't I, realize I that. I, I thought so. I, if that's, well, that's my it memory. Just, it was crazy though, because as soon as we loaded in, yeah. it was like an insane swarm that just would not stop. It's like and the then, Deep Rock Galactic version of the Beach of Normandy, you know. Like seriously, like yeah. it was it was intense. Like every single one of the four of us like took turns being downed. Yeah. And like needing to be saved by somebody else. And like within the first five minutes, he's like, Okay, I'm dropping. You guys, good luck. Like yeah. <laughs> the cloud streaming isn't helping. And also like yeah, it was super difficult. So yep. I'm just happy that the three of us that remained were able to get through it. Agreed. Um, yeah. And then also, I guess just very quickly, because I don't have a lot to say about it. Um, I did play some Left 4 Dead 2. I decided to play the Xbox 360 version via backwards, compatib- via, via backwards compatibility on my Xbox One X. Left 4 Dead is always fun. It's It's always a great time. But yeah, I kind of wanted to get warmed up for the next thing that I will talk about when I come back to it being my turn again. Okay. Uh, really quick, uh, my my partner's um, brother and uh, his girlfriend came over and we, and actually my partner have I have been playing Pokemon Stadium on the N64 since I've got those new controllers and I've got the EverDrive on the N64 with the retro tank. So we're able to play these Pokemon stadium games on a, you know, uh, a modern display or on our TV. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I've never, you know, uh, really played N64 on a large screen. I think before this point, probably the largest that I've played N64 is maybe a 40 inch screen. So, okay. you know, maybe, Probably not even that is probably someone's CRT, uh, <laughs> but we, um, yeah, we, so Pokemon stadium is an interesting one because it has a party game aspect. I mean, it's definitely, a, a, I haven't played any of this lately, but you know, it has a battle mode. It has, you know, this unique ability where you can import your Pokemon with a transfer pack, but my controllers do not support transfer packs. So I can't use those anyway, if I wanted to, but, um, I think that's just kind of a neat feature of it. Um, it has also these quick battles, which actually we did play a quick battle where it just sort of randomly assigns each of us six Pokemon and you pick three (laughs) to battle against. And I lost on that one, but I've never been the the party game aspect is there it's a multiplayer of up to four players where you can play these mini games and they are very very similar to Mario Party but there's a little bit more thought um put into it because there are only nine of these as opposed to you know Mario Party having like 15 or 20 games in a in in each one of their versions maybe more I I, I don't even know how many but uh 
but yeah, very similar things like, um, <laughs> like Clefairy says where Clefairy puts up some directions on the chalkboard and then hides them and you have to repeat them on the D pad and they get quite long. It's like Simon basically, but yeah. like, it gets up to like 20 inputs and it's, oh, wow. <laughs> it's nasty. Like, you know, so, and you're penalized, you know, like you take, a, it takes a little health from your health bar every time you get one wrong. So last one standing wins. Um, there's like a, uh, Ekans ring toss where you have to like throw the Ekans to on the diglets as they pop up for points. And you're like flicking the joystick backwards. Um, to, to play these games. We're, we're going to have to play these one of these days. Yeah. Um, because so I've never played Pokemon stadium. It's, it's fiercely competitive because these mini games are like very difficult. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're kind of messed up like it, on, on, but it's, it's kind of fun though, you know, to beat your uh, opponent by one point or even to tie or, or, you know, those sort of, situation. So we did that on Pokemon Stadium 1 and also Pokemon Stadium 2. And that's what prompted me to order a fourth controller. So now next time when this happens, we can we can play Pokemon Stadium and probably some other games in the future. Uh one one more thing I'll talk about uh just to wrap up the N64 stuff is um I was playing Super Mario 64 as part of the uh Nintendo or Mario 3D All-Stars collection. And I think last time I was talking about going through my 120 star run. Yeah. Um, I can't, I don't, I think in this last two weeks, I actually did finish that, um, that, that run. So I did finish the 120 stars. I can't remember if I talked about it last time. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had gotten the 120 stars the last time. We were oh, recorded. okay. Well, that's the never mind. but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, if I, if I'm just going to say I'm glad to put that game to bed now. So Nice. Let's see. So the, the game that I was alluding to where I was warming up with Left 4 Dead 2 is Back for Blood. Yep. Uh, and that is on Game Pass. I ended up playing the PC version of the game. And holy crap, I love this game. <laughs> it is so much fun. Um, I know that like I was maybe a little bit mixed about it. Uh, after I'd played the the beta, and I know that I've talked about it on this show because I also played it at the end of my my last charity stream. And yeah, it's good. It's really good. Like I I didn't know if I was gonna really like the the card deck building element of this game. I've come to love it. Like I think it really helps keep things kind of fresh, and it also gives you something like another reason to keep playing. Now, this is a style of game that I would just keep playing anyway because I love the heck out of the Left 4 Dead games. But this, I don't know, it gives you so much more variety, like either just by playing the game and like getting a certain number of kills with shotguns or assault rifles or whatever, that'll that'll grant you different cards or different unlockables. But also whenever you complete a level, you earn supply points and you can take those supply points and then go do the supply line decks where it's like, okay, here's a set of cosmetics or different unlockables, but then also different cards that you can play. And, you know, you clear through each supply line and like get all of those things. But there's, there's different cards that are like, Hey, you get like uh 50% 
reload speed or, you know, 50% faster reload speed or like 100% more damage with melee weapons or whatever. So you get all these different types of cards and then you can build a deck putting all of these cards, like have an ideal like shotgun deck or ideal melee deck or ideal medic deck or whatever you want to do. And like I've unlocked so many cards and I know that there are so many more that are still there to unlock um, that I'll be playing for quite a while before I get to all of them. And I don't know, like it's, it, there are so many levels. There's four different acts. There's multiple levels per act with the exception of four. Um, four is just kind of the the finale of everything, but it's it's got a lot of personality Super fun to play with people, especially with voice chat. Been playing with, uh, you know, my old friend group. Yeah, really. If you if you like Left for Dead, then you'll probably also really like Back for Blood. And then because of some of the stuff that I was reading about Zombies Ate My Neighbors and doing like it was even talked about in one of the reviews where they're like, "Hey, Dead Rising is basically like a modern version of something like Zombies Ate My Neighbors." Oh. So. I threw Dead Rising in on my Xbox 360 because I haven't played it in a very long time and it never got very far. And it's fun. I, I do very much agree that it, it feels like it is a modern formula of what you get from Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I just really don't like some of the controls. Yeah. Um, like, for example... The first like boss type encounter that you you have where somebody is firing a gun at you in this food court or you know, like throwing grenades at you, you have a handgun to shoot at them. And you aim at them by holding down the right trigger. You then move the reticle around with the left stick, the one that you use to walk around, not look around. And then you fire with the X button. So it is completely unintuitive. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's a little odd. I think that's also what stopped me from playing the game the first time around. Because I was like, why did I stop playing this game? And then I had that encounter. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is why I stopped playing the game. <laughs> so I don't know. I've seen I've seen that in the, rem in the remastered version, like there's there's potentially better control options. I don't know if I'm going to keep playing this because it really just does not feel right. Like the rest of it, if you're using melee weapons, feels great. And I think it's cool. But if you have to use a gun at all, that's just what completely killed my fun in the game. So yeah, I'll see. Maybe maybe I'll keep playing until I have to use a gun again and it'll be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> You know what, uh, speaking of like modern zombies ate my neighbors, what we didn't talk about, I wish we would have, but that sort of doom wad zombies ate my neighbors TC, we didn't talk about it all. So oh, yeah. if you're, if you're looking for more of a zombies ate my neighbors fix, maybe, maybe that's, uh, the way to go. Yeah. I was trying to think of like different zombie games that I could keep playing because, you know, this is the last episode that we have before Halloween. Yes, that's right. I was almost going to play some state of decay too, which. State of Decay 2 kind of feels like the zombie apocalypse third-person version of Stardew Valley. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 
I'm just going to make that weird connection. Yeah, sure. So yeah. So anyway, did Dead Rising. Um, and then the last thing, which, you know, you and I, and also uh, Striddle Cakes, played some Smash Brothers Ultimate on the Nintendo Switch. That's and right. And I was so proud of myself for getting a single victory, the very first <laughs> game that we played. Yes. And then then I played the way that I normally play, and I think I lost all of them. I, I went out so quickly on some of them, especially, especially in that Earthbound level uh-huh. where there's like some crazy monster thing that just one shots you and you're dead. Right. Yeah. It's um, there's, there are many ways to get one shot in a good old smash brothers for sure. Yeah. I still had fun though. Like overall it was a great time. I, and we, we pretty much were all doing like random characters with all the items on and random yeah. levels. So it was pure chaos, um, <laughs> but, but it was a good time. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I had fun with it as well. I was, Excited to uh, pull out a single victory, which I normally don't win at all. So, uh, oh, did you and I only get a single victory, and then Strudel Cakes walked away with the rest of them, or we got disconnected one of the two from? Oh yeah, whatever reason. Yeah. So, <laughs> apparently, uh, yeah. So, um, but it but it was fun because it felt like things were reasonably balanced in a way that a lot of times, like the the eliminations would happen in different orders almost every time. So yeah, we were also playing random characters, which is an, also an interesting way to play that game. Um, yeah. Like, there's so many, there's so many characters in the game. Oh yeah. I, I don't even, I don't even know. I need to purchase the DLC characters, but also I need to unlock way more characters. So I don't know that. I think the way to do it is just to, um, you know, pick it up, play a few matches like every day, and you'll unlock more and more characters. As, oh, you haven't unlocked all the characters? No, no, I haven't. I, I because it kind of sounds like a chore. You can reset the game, like and like play five matches, like over and over again, and that will get you like all the characters in a relatively swift manner. But it's, I think I think the way I did it was I just did like a one stock battle yeah. against yeah. the computer, uh-huh. and just. The the more the more fights you burn through, the faster you unlock people. Yeah, I, I think if it's I something like your first five fights. So if you reset the game, it resets that counter. So I mean, you could do it over in a row, but I think after your first five, then it's like the next ten or something like oh, that. Okay. So I think it. Uh, I think the fastest way is to reset, but that's that just sounds like work to me. So I just I haven't yeah. done it, and for a game I don't play that much. Yeah, I did it. I did it right when the game came out. So that's the only reason it's done is like I, I was just like on a grind to be like, okay, I'm going to unlock all the characters just because I want them all unlocked. Yeah. Something I've also been uh, playing is is uh, the Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye uh, DLC. And I I'm really won't talk about spoilers or anything, uh, but I will just say that something I wish that I knew is that at one point the game was going to turn into sort of a survival horror game and survival horror in like, not that you like take damage or anything, but it becomes something like similar to like amnesia or, or, um, or even there was another game I was thinking of or thief thief is another good example because the levels are kind of like, kind of like labyrinth like labyrinth like excuse me um 
So a lot of backtracking and stuff. So it, it and and some stealth involved. So just kind of if that's not your thing, if you love Dire Outer Wilds, but you like this isn't your thing, um, then you know just proceed with caution, or at least go in with the expectation that it, it part it's part of it's going to be like that. But as far as the tech is involved in the game itself, they really ratchet up the like the wow factor because that's really my favorite part about the outer wilds is that it's the things that are happening. The things that are happening in the game are very cool. The fact that you can like quickly jump from planet to planet and sort of the scale of things that like sort of loads seamlessly, I I think is really impressive. It's, it's like Subnautica. It's like one of those games that I think everyone should play. Cause I just think it's a cool thing they've got going on nice. like they're just cool tech and involved with the with the game so um i might push through on this but i got real discouraged um oh that sucks because i know yeah. you love the game like the base game so much yeah and i, I want to see the end of it because i i you know the game alludes that there's some you know uh there's some cookies and and this is this isn't a spoiler because it's just my own thoughts but i i think that it might even offer like an alternate ending to the game, um, okay. which the, the ending is probably not, it's not my favorite part of the la- of the old game, because I, I feel like it's one of those endings where it brings up more questions than answers. So oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> very open-ended. So um, yeah, I would love some, some conclusion or something else to experience, but, and uh, the game's got secrets and I want to see those secrets, but I'm, I was kind of like, I kind of, I did rage quit once, not like throw my mouse rage quit, but I was just like, I'm no, I'm done. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but there are other YouTubers and, um, you know, like I'm watching sort of the, the VODs because over a couple uh, streams that Critical did, and she did this in a few streams. So I'm thinking of like, just watching like their strategy on how they did this. And, uh, that way I can sort of learn and, and feel a little bit more encouraged, I guess. So, gotcha. So yeah, that's, that's everything that I've been playing. I I'm glad that you listed a couple of these things that we played together. Cause I just forgot. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, 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 until after we started recording, I totally forgot about smash bros. Yeah. You want to let people know what our next game is? Yeah. So this was kind of a last minute dis- decision and I wanted to play this uh, during Halloween too. It's not traditionally a Halloween game, but I think it's fitting for the times. Yeah, I think, I think it fits. So uh, next episode, we're going to be playing Quake for the PC and it's available on, oh, so it's on everything now. It's, it's on everything. Um, and it's on game pass for Xbox, which is probably where I'm going to play it. Maybe I'll play on PC, but yeah, I think I'm going to play the PC uh, remastered release on Xbox game pass. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, like doom, I think I'm going to have a little bit more fun playing with a um, mouse for yeah uh, shooting mechanics, but, but uh, you know, the Xbox isn't, you know, there might be crossplay. I might be able to do both actually. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, have, have you ever played Quake? Really? No, no, never. I, I yeah, think same. I fired it up a couple times um, just to like experience the first level, but I, I I need that push to to get through the game. You know? Yeah, I know. I was saying before. I think I've probably only played like a demo for Quake, yeah. if there was one, and that's it. So I'm looking forward to playing through this for the first time. 
yeah, I think it'll, it's a very iconic game. So, oh, definitely. Well, we got anything else? I think that's all I got. Okay. Well, let's get the heck out of here. So, hey, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there, and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. Uh, you can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and via Good Pods. Uh, also, you can join our Discord and come join us next time where we talk about Quake for the PC and all of the, the modern consoles. Uh, bye for now. See ya.